<laughs> hey there, this is Kat Stancic with the Revenue Accelerator. She realized I still have my glasses on. I feel like I'm like, hold on, I need to read my glasses. All right, so today I have my guest, Samantha Riley. I have made this awkward since the get-go, so you guys feeling some energy, it's all me. She is the authority in positioning strategist, best-selling author, and speaker host of the Influence by Design podcast. Everybody sit up and take notice. And she has been on the judging panel for the Stevie Awards. Uh, That's a big deal. This is for the women in business for the past two years. She's built multiple businesses over the past 28 years and grew her first seven-figure business from the ground up. Thank you very much. Before she was 30, the accomplishments just keep going. Samantha now works with experts to be positioned as the trusted thought leaders people turn to and has a passion for helping people to create their business so it's truly aligned to live their life by design. So not only do you do amazing things, but you're actually on brand all the time. So, you know, you might just know what you're talking about. Samantha, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Um, Now, I know I was recently on um, your podcast and Mm -hmm. it was amazing experience once. So please, everybody go check it out. She has an amazing lineup of different guests over the years that she's had on there. So the quality is always there. It's a little plug. Um, Thank one you. of the things that I know that we align on is our approach to marketing, meaning no bro strategy whatsoever, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. really also about, you know, building relationships. Now, where mm-hmm. do relationships play when it comes to building your life by design? I think relationships are everything because our whether it's our, whether it's our business or our life and I say both because business doesn't live in this separate bucket. We have business in our life all the time and we have, you know, our life to try and fit into our business all the time. Like it, it works both ways. Yes. So we need to be surrounded by the right people in our business. We need to have our inner circle, we need to have our collaboration partners and we need to in our life we need to have the same. We, it's, I think it's really important to understand that we need to have this inner circle um, that are around us all the time and my inner circle specifically are in business because, hmm, I'm sure I'm not the only person that doesn't like to talk business with family. Like <laughs> I have learned, do not bring it up. Like, because if, if I do, if I do, I will be divorcing my family and that's kind of not cool. They're really important to me. So, you know, just, just keep the bit, you know, that inner circle um, close to you, but so, so important. Yeah. I mean, it's beyond just that they don't understand the frustrations is that they can't celebrate us. They don't Mm -hmm. understand our world. So even Mm -hmm. when you're like, Hey, I just, you know, did X, Y, Z. I mean, my mom will look at me with glazed eyes and I'm like, it's a big deal. Like, just pretend we're going to have this sidebar conversation. Now get excited. Hey, so I just did this thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I See, the first thing that comes up for me, I remember like this was years and years and years ago, um, back when I had my original businesses and saying to my parents, I was there with my, um, with my husband saying, we just did, you know, X, Y, Z. And my dad turned around and I love my dad dearly, but the look on his face, he was, he looked like he was about to spit fireworks from his eyes. And he's like, what, do you want to be rich or something with this real venom in his voice? And I was like, oh, let's not talk money with my parents again. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we can go a whole down, like all the way down in terms of like money stories that are passed down, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and the cycles that we're breaking as entrepreneurs. Um, 
but which is actually part of what you do too. Like, let's go ahead and cats just pulled together a little thread here. And I'm sure you already know, but so we've got these experts, right? You work with experts and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of people who like to think that they are maybe even crown themselves. Mm -hmm. So my first question is, is what really makes an expert, um, an expert? So I know that I'm working with an expert when I ask them about, you know, their expertise and you know, I'm trying to unpack what they know and what we can use to create their frameworks and their models. And they always say, every single one of them says, I don't think I know enough for that. Mm. And that's how I know I'm working with the right person because when people know so much that they realize that there's so much they don't know, mm. that to me is the person that really gets it. When when someone's done their four-week course and they're, you know, nice and green and that's fine, we all start somewhere, but don't crown yourself an expert at that point. When you think you know everything, when you're right at the beginning of a journey, mm-mm-mm. But they're not the people that listen to the podcast. They're not the people in our world. And the people that are listening are probably like, yeah, you know, I often think, oh, do I know enough to be able to talk about that? Am I going to get caught out? Am I, you know, the imposter syndrome? Is someone going to catch me out that I don't know the answer to that? And I, and that's actually, it could come across as a really weird answer, but that's what I found with the experts that I work with. Yes. I mean, there's always the, you know, start with a beginner's mind. I think whenever anyone's learning to continue to master a skill, it's never mastered. Um, And at some point we all know, I mean, not a Star Wars fan, but the, you know, teacher becomes a student kind of situation. Uh, But -hmm. it doesn't take away from the fact that the teacher always has something to share, Um, Mm -hmm. which actually kind of brings me to your past experience as a classically trained dance teacher. And let me know if Mm -hmm. I did not state that correct. You got that correct. <laughs> you got that correct. <laughs> How did you go from that, right? In terms mm-hmm. of a hyper creative, you know, modality and, you know, which could even be considered probably at the time, I would assume a brick and mortar kind of space mm-hmm. into working and seeing this as an opportunity. So again, rewriting this money story that you're parents may have put on you into, I want to do something for myself. That's outside of whatever you were doing at the time. Mm. So I owned a dance studio for 20 years. I also had retail stores at the same time. So, and I had three children, so super busy running three different bricks and mortar um, businesses. Two of them would run in the day. One of them would run at night when the kids had finished school, Mm. running three kids around. I guess you can imagine how busy I was. It was insane. I did actually almost retire myself from that business. I'd managed to have them set up by management and, Mm. um, you know, we had 35 staff and I was still busy because there's this shit to do with 35 staff. So I'd got to a point, it actually happened, I guess it snowballed quite quickly because I divorced my husband at the time. And I was at this point where I was like, oh my goodness, I've kind of just lost everything as I know it. I still had the dance studio, but I decided to sell it because I wanted to spend more time with my kids. Um, and instead of getting caught in this story of, oh my God, like this is the worst thing that's ever happened. I'm like, all right, I actually kind of have all these blank pages. What do Mm -hmm. I really want? Because now I've got this opportunity to do whatever I want because there's kind of nothing left, right? So I really, the things that I wanted was to never have to put a key into 
a business again, like put the key in the door. Yeah. Because <laughs> because just to give you an idea, when I had my third baby, we had to go via the shop to unset the alarm and I almost had my third baby in the car park of our shop. Like I just, like it's just insane. So I didn't ever want to be in a position like that again. Mm. So I wanted to be location independent. I wanted to be working on my terms. I actually really love working. I've got a passion for it, but I, so I don't have an issue working, but I want it to be my terms. Yeah. So I really looked and went, well, I've got all of these skills. I've built these businesses. I've done all this stuff. What can I do with it? And that's how it turned into what it did. And it wasn't a straight line from A to B. There was a really roundabout way of getting to where I am now. Oh, you didn't um, become a multimillionaire in two no, days using one no. single strategy? No, no, that's not no, your story. I'm, yeah, no, I wasn't like, you know, one little thing away. It didn't work like that for me. Like, what's wrong with me? It didn't you didn't work. just sell a book and build a book funnel and have that be the answer to all your problems? I know, and have 5 million people opt in in the first 20 minutes. No. <laughs> it was crazy and it was hard and there was lots of tears and there was a lot of frustration because also a lot of frustration in that I had built these multi-million dollar businesses and what was really weird is I walked away from them and for a couple of years I still thought I don't know anything Mm. and it was actually other people mirroring it back going well how did you do that because in my mind see this is pre-internet right before people walked around going you've got a seven-figure business or you've got a million dollar business I thought it was just normal I thought everyone had them So I didn't realize that I had this skill. So it wasn't until other people mirrored it back to me and said, well, how did you do that? That I realized, oh, not everyone can do this. Okay, I'll start talking about it. So it was it was very weird in that way that I actually didn't even realize I had the skills. I I love that because here's, I mean, my theory, which I think you're going to absolutely validate right now, which is you probably do the same thing for your clients, which is I Mm -hmm. would assume there's a lot of experts and, you know, we both work with a varying degree of people. I mean, anybody who's wanting to increase their revenue, we tends to have to need to be an expert in some kind in order to take up some space in the digital marketing space. Um, But they don't necessarily see what makes them unique, what makes them different, mm-hmm. why, what it is that they can monetize and mm-hmm. worse yet, I, I, I would put money on this, that you've probably saved people because they were doing something they thought they should be doing mm-hmm. because that mm-hmm. was the thing that people would pay for mm-hmm. versus staying in that zone of genius. So, so how, how can you identify outside of obviously working with you, of uh, what that zone of genius, at least the parameters of the space you should be working it with on your own yeah. or validating it. Got it. So I use um, a principle called keep principle. So this is around keeping close to you the skills and knowledge that you've always had, because I, we were talking about this before you started recording. I see so many experts making this transition because a lot mm-hmm. of people I work with, there's some sort of transition and they think that they've got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you would think that there's nothing to do classical ballet and business have nothing to do with each other but oh my goodness the crossover is incredible once you start pulling it apart 
So the KEEP principle is um, four different areas and like really sort of brain dump everything out into a piece of paper and it starts to show itself. So the first one is your knowledge. This mm. is your your degree, your, you know, um, certificates, the things that you've actually studied. And then you've got your expertise. And this is more around, well, in what you do, what is your specific expertise? So if you're an accountant, like what do people specifically come to you for or other people in the office come and say, hey, what's your take on this, you know, this um, particular framework? So it's that that thing that is your golden thread that people come mm. to you for. Then there's your experiences. And this is what experiences have had you had in your life that's going to give you a unique perspective or um, some sort of empathy with the people that you work with. Maybe you've had a parent that has had a, a really bad illness or yourself or a child. Maybe you've gone through a huge weight loss journey. Maybe um, you've moved across the other side of the world. Those things may not sound like they've got anything to do with business, but they really, really do because there's a lot of stories, metaphors, learnings that you can bring in. Um, and the last one is passions. What mm. are you really passionate about? Because your passions are the things that when you infuse it in with what you're doing in your business, that will keep you excited every day. Um, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> I, I have a five-year-old I can hear coming down the hall and it was just going to happen. I just knew it. So I had to... <laughs> Apologies. It's all good. It's all good. We're all mums. Um, yeah. So, so bringing these passions in, um, you can bring it into branding. You could bring it into your teachings and frameworks. You can bring it into all sorts of different things. But when you really see your your knowledge, your expertise, your experience, and your passions on paper, it's kind of easy to sort of like um, you know move the levers like a um, like a mixing desk and go well wow. what what can I make this look like what 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 is the unique perspective and, and experience that I can bring to the table so what do you say to someone because I'm sure you encounter this when they dismiss it let's say they find it like I love doing these three things or this thing and they know what it is and then they go but no one's going to pay me for that. And no one's going to pay me a lot of money because I, we, mm -hmm. we are both focused on high ticket sales. No one's going to pay me a lot of money in order to do that. Yeah, this, so this is such an interesting thing because when you can bring all of it together, that is when people will pay you a lot of money because there is, if it's really important to you, there's going to be other people out there that are like, oh my goodness, I've always wanted this one thing and you've got it. No one else has it. I think that what confuses people is that they try and get these specifics in different, in different columns. Mm. So a lot of people go, well, I'm good at this and I'm good at this and I'm good at this and I don't know which one to choose. And I'm like, well, you don't have to choose. How can we put those three things together mm. to create something really unique? And that's where the magic happens. So you don't have to pick something that's boring that everyone else that is out there is doing because you think that that's the way you're going to make money because yeah. that's the way other people make money. When you can bring it together and create something unique, you will draw out the other people that are, are just sitting there waiting for that. Yeah. I mean, such an energetic thing. The The longer you chase money, the longer you're going to chase money. Um, mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's living in that passion and that, that creates that client attraction. 
So what about like, so when's the right timing? Let's start with that. When's the right timing for a course in someone's business life cycle? Is it at the beginning? Is it when they're looking to scale and create more leverage? Like when, you know, when's the right time? It's like having kids, right? Yeah. But when's the right time? (laughs) Well, just like having kids, right? It's people, (laughs) some people like it when they're earlier, some people like it when they're older. And it's the same with creating your, your business model or where you bring it in. I've got some clients that I'm like, why don't you just go straight to high ticket, Mm. create that because then you're really ticking that box of getting those first few clients in. You can do it quite easily. You only need a handful of clients to make sure that you're, you know, you looked after financially. Some people, they're better off creating the the course or sort of that bottom, that bottom rung first. Mm. I personally prefer working from the top down. Mm. Um, but a lot of people feel more comfortable working from the bottom up. I actually find that that takes a lot longer because when you're getting, uh, you're getting smaller sales, you need more of them. Um, and it's a lot harder than just, you know, high ticket. You're doing this in a very personal, Mm. um, you don't need sales pages. You don't really need to create anything. All you need to do is have some conversations with people. So you don't really need any assets, yeah. Um, so I prefer that. Yeah. Let's no. just get on a call and have a conversation. Completely agree. And I think a lot of people, I th- you know, initially fall for the just build a course and they will come kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't ever happen. But that that's way. the promise, right? <laughs> uh-huh. of just put all of your capabilities and just create some worksheets and put it out there and, you know, do, do a summit or a giveaway and you'll be able to sell it for thousands of dollars. And then they, sell it for a couple hundred dollars and then they can't even give it away for free. So mm-hmm. I absolutely agree in terms of that strategy. Um, and then people basically go through that and then realize, oh no, I should have done it this way. And then they start mm-hmm. and they've wasted mm-hmm. time. Um, and, and lots of those people come to me. A lot yeah. of people come to me and I'm guessing you too from other coaches that have sold them the promise and probably just like you, we can fix it in a week or two. And then people go, how do how do these big gurus have so many people because they're giving you a promise that is not real let's call it out yeah and they were marketing in a time that you're not and they're leveraging a mm-hmm. strategy that they're probably not even leveraging anymore um i like mm-hmm. i call it the copycat strategy so it worked for someone a couple of years ago someone learned it and then they copied it and sold it and then someone learned it and then copied it and sold it and then it keeps going and going and going until it's mm-hmm. diluted and has no effect whatsoever but there's always someone falling for it and this is part of life um mm-hmm. so how how do you build something like this because courses are absolutely they still work they're still a great leverage strategy um there's Mm -hmm. people out there who want to learn in that way because uh most courses uh, and and correct me if i'm wrong are still the more affordable option for someone to leverage for the most Mm -hmm. part versus working with Mm -hmm. the individual one-on-one so what needs to be a part of it to you know because there's a lot of courses out there that no one finishes now let's just take Mm -hmm. all of the shitty courses because they're shitty and we throw them in the Mm -hmm. trash. That's why no one did Mm -hmm. it. But there's a lot of Mm -hmm. good courses that people don't Uh complete. What's your advice for these experts that they need to think about when they're building this for their business? So the first thing you need to understand is that online courses as a standalone, people log in and, you know, they're self-paced. Only 3% of people finish courses. 
that's 97% of people that don't finish courses. That means 97% of your customers potentially may think you're no good because they didn't finish the course. They may think you're not a good coach because they didn't get the success, even though they didn't do the course. So, and, and it's just a fact, you're best off knowing this. I'm all for hybrid. And what I mean mm. by hybrid is having the online course portion there, but also having a portion where you are having interaction with your clients. So I think there's three things that you need to have in your online, uh, in your, I'm going to call it a program rather than a course. So the first piece is your content, which is the course component. This is right. the modules that sit on your, on your, um, you know, on your Thinkific or Kajabi or wherever they're sitting. So that's, that's the content. Then you've got the coaching portion and this is, um, this is your, um, your Q and A calls, your whatever sort of, um, way that your boot camps, that kind of thing. Right. And then you've got the community and your community is, again, could be your workshops. It could be your Facebook group, whatever it is. So people come to you and give you money because of the content, because that's what they see. I want that. They get the transformation and the success through the coaching and they stay with you for the community. So you need to really get each of those three areas into your program. So your course isn't standalone. It's part of the suite of what you, what you deliver and help you and help your clients get that transformation. Beautiful. I mean, perfect answer. And I absolutely agree with, with that as, as the approach, not that you need me to agree, but you know, just go ahead. And do that. <laughs> but it's nice every now and again, right? when it happens. <laughs> so let's talk about someone who's done a course, right? They, maybe they're doing exactly that. They've included it as part of their program. They reference it. You know, I've seen people even bonus it. Um, maybe they sell it standalone. You have an opportunity to do the Ascension ladder, you know, what would be your advice for them? Is it a new course? Is it revising it? Is it adding something to it? Like what's the strategy there to continue to expand that authority and expertise? The way that I love to do it, and I'm not hundred percent, I've, I've got this right. So if I haven't, please correct me. The way that I like to do it is I do iterations of my mm. course because things change, like mm-hmm. especially in marketing, what worked last year doesn't work this year. What worked last week may not work tomorrow. So I prefer to have an ongoing uh, monthly recurring revenue model mm. where people come in and through the coaching, every time I've got an iteration of my course, I will take it through, I will take them through it live. And that is the new part of the content that goes in as the course. And then they continue to stay in the program so that when I'm doing the coaching, I'll say, actually, you need to go and watch module three, the third video, because you need to go and do that this week. Mm. So they're not sitting there wasting their time doing the whole course from beginning to end. I'm telling them exactly what they needed exactly that time so they can get the fastest result possible. Because that's the other thing. Time is our greatest asset. Yeah. And if we're wasting time in something that we don't need, then we're not able to actually implement. One of my mentors told me years ago, like, we're better off to do just in time learning than just in case learning. And I've always taken that, like, what do you need right now? Let's just do that one little bit and implement. So 
I'm not sure if I answered your question no, there it, or not. It's but... exactly. It's how do you take something that maybe, you know, some people think you create it and forget it, right? Set it and create it, kind mm. of create it and set it. Um, and it just kind of is, is evergreen. And I think, you know, kind of what you talked about at the beginning, which is there's always a learning as an expert, we're always learning whether or not mm-hmm. you call yourself that you're still learning. And part of that learning needs to kind of feed back into your teaching, um, which is what we're doing as, you know, uh, someone who supports other people, whether you're a consultant, a strategist, a coach, a mentor, whatever you want to call yourself, a bump on a log, you are <laughs> supporting and teaching other people. And part of that responsibility is to continue to learn, but not to just stop and, and hoard it, but to, you know, filter it so that it's implementable for your audience mm. to, to action essentially, because it's great to learn, but if they're not doing something, which is why I love that you shared that part of this is getting them to implement the concepts is by creating that community that gets mm-hmm. them into action, that creates that, that, that energy, that connection. If not, I mean, we all know entrepreneurship can be very lonely. Um, mm-hmm. And when you don't have your tribe and your community, it makes it even worse. What going on that, why I love recording my modules live on calls, there's a few different reasons. Number one is when you're recording on your own and just uploading a video, you're not getting that real time feedback of, did I just deliver that a little bit out of order? And are Mm. people going to get tripped up on that? Because sometimes when we're experts, sometimes we fill in a gap without even realizing it. So by delivering it live, we're getting that real-time feedback. We're getting the questions. Um, The other thing is we're not taking time out in our business to do it. We're doing two things at once. We're creating and teaching. So there's no, I need to create a week off out of my calendar to record this thing. You're just going with it. And the other thing I love about it is when you've got people asking you questions on the call once that goes into the recordings that helps the person that's watching get a greater understanding when they hear someone else asking a question um about a concept they're like oh okay now i get it because i heard that question i heard that answer oh i didn't even see it in that light so there's so many different reasons that it's so much better to record it live with your clients i love that just because one it you know, the, the, the guru from the mountaintop approach, which, you know, has been sensationalized, uh, by people of Mm -hmm. just, all you need to do is speak into the crowd and then, you know, you know, shut off the the mic and then walk away. And that's all you need to do is the one-time performance or whatever it is, but really kind of, you know, bringing that separation down and like bringing the guru into the crowd and saying, Hey, like I am the expert and I'm also here with you. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. the piece, especially since the pandemic hit that, and, and I saw this happening as a trend before the pandemic in terms of the digital marketing space, people just tired of just being thrown information and just left to their own devices to figure it out. And then Mm -hmm. also be in a community of the blind leading the blind of advice from people who should have no business giving you business advice in your own thing because Mm -hmm. the expert was missing and someone was stepping up to try to fill that gap. Yeah. I just had someone reach out to me yesterday and she said, Sam, I need to, she was actually a client that moved on and she's come back and said, Sam, I actually need to come back with you. I've realized in this other community that I'm trying to learn to drive with all the other people that are trying to learn to drive. Mm. She said, I need a driving instructor. Okay. Welcome back. (laughs) Right. 
Right. And, and that's, that's the beauty too, of kind of your model that you're, you're sharing is that there's also an ability, I would think, to be able to get that additional support, obviously for a different, you know, price point, but it lands on those three pillars of there's an educational aspect that you continue to get access to. There's the connection to the support and then the community. And one of those things, and I've seen even pretty terrible programs sustain into the millions because the community was amazing Mm -hmm. because the Mm -hmm. people were there. And I think a lot of people don't focus enough on putting their attention to the kind of network and community that they're building around each other, because there's this hyper-focus on just trying to make more money. And that's Mm -hmm. when people slip into that, treating people like transactions and not actually like human beings. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I have come up with this business model is because I've been caught in things like that. And I know that that's not what I like. So as most of us do, we create something that we craved. So what would be an indicator that it's time to switch things up in your business and even potentially look at a model like yours um, as, as a potential solution? Number one, The first thing that comes to mind is always make sure you've got monthly recurring revenue. If you've got some sort of model where you've got um, a beginning and end end, and your only model is that you're running cohorts, you know, even if it's six months or even 12 months, you're in this constant cycle of I'm I'm running this thing, but I also need to make sure that the next thing's full. Um, I prefer monthly recurring revenue because I know each month, of course you get churn, but I pretty much know what I'm going to be paid for, paid the next month. So um, I'm all for that. Um, and even some of my lower programs, I've moved into monthly recurring revenue. So even though there's, a, um, a, a, I guess, a cohort model in that it's got a course to go through, it's like, what can I add to that to make it monthly recurring? So I, I think that's a huge one. And I think that's probably the biggest opportunity. Mm. Um, and this, I guess the second one is, are you feeling stale? Are you feeling depleted? Are you feeling like your business is a grind? Are you starting to resent your clients? Now, when I say that some people go, oh, resent your clients. I've been there. Lots of people I know have been there. And it's a huge indicator that something needs to change and needs to change fast. Um, And that's about looking within and going, what is it that I'm not getting from my business that I need to be able to fill my cup and have it overflow so that I can now get back to giving and serving my clients? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the one place that business does revolve around us is that it really does need to be. And I know you talk about this too, is being in alignment. And then mm-hmm. once that alignment is there, then it's absolutely about service. So mm-hmm. curious, what are some mm-hmm. things that people should be testing to see whether or not they're in alignment? Um, I don't know, emotionally um, outside of that resentment with that client. So are there other mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. might be popping up in their life that's showing them that they're not in alignment? Yeah, so um, it could be things like I mentioned, uh, uh, one of the big things is feeling depleted, feeling like you're always tired, exhausted. That is the number one indicator. Mm. Um, Having things feel like they're just constantly grinding, like if you've got friction in, in any part of your business, that's definitely a time to stop, take a step back, take a breath and say, what am I doing that needs to be changed? It could be like your onboarding process. It could be mm. um, also, you know, your team, wrong team, 
you know, not the correct team. It's there's so many different areas of our business, but like really paying attention to your energy is probably the very, very first thing. It's not a logical thing. It's how do you feel? So um, that, that is, that is the thing. Our bodies actually tell us Mm. where we're not in alignment. Um, I remember um, years ago, like when this really occurred to me, what was happening was um, this particular day I had two two clients, two one-on-one calls with clients. The first, uh, so I'd got up in the morning and I was like, oh, God, I really don't want to work today, really tired. I don't want to get on this call. Like almost, you know when you feel sick when you're ringing someone, it's just like I don't want to do this. Did this call. It took, it felt like it was like pulling teeth, 45 minutes on there. I felt like we were going in circles, <laughs> hung up, just went, oh, I've got to do something different. I can't do this. I was, I was, you know, it was that moment of I just want to throw in the towel. Anyway, the very next client, I was like, oh, got Kel next. Put the numbers in, jumped on. We went through a question in 10 minutes and I was like, huh, mm-hmm. hang on a minute. This is about energy and ideal client. And so by paying attention, if I had have only had the yeah. first client that day, I could have been really down on myself thinking I'm slipping, I'm not good enough. I need I need to take some time off and then to have the exact like seriously straight after I have this other call where I was full of energy I've seen nailed it in 10 minutes you know a week later she's like wow that turned into a hundred thousand dollars and I'm like huh I do know what I'm talking about so pay attention to the cues that your body gives you because then you're able to then tap into that and go what's going on here I was attract this this first client was a D client the second client was an A client. So mm. then I was able to say, how can I, how can I get more A clients? Mm-hmm. What do I need to change in my marketing? What do I need to change in my product offering in, in the way that I'm speaking in my copy? So paying attention to the feeling in your body will give you the answers. Oh, that's perfect. And I was going to lead into exactly my next question, which was how do you go from, you know, let's you, you've established yourself as an expert. You're, you're at least at some level claiming the authority that you have. You've created a, you know, even if it's a micro community of people who are raving fans, you've gotten results for people, you know, what is the thing that's missing from people from going in that space? Right. And you talk about people going from six figures and that's a six figure space, multiple six figure, even 500 K right place to scaling past the seven, what's missing? Because there is this big gap between, mm-hmm. you know, I would even say 250 to 500 and then 500 to a million. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The thing that you need to, there's a couple of things. Number one, you need to get really clear on what you want your life to look like. Mm. So it's, it's actually very different. You don't, there's nothing in the business to look at at that point. What do you want yeah. your life to look like? Because that'll give you the, the, um, the places to look to change your business so you stop self-sabotaging. So number one, what do you want your life to look like? Number two, sack yourself from your business, fire yourself. Because I can guarantee that someone that is at the, and especially around the, the I see it around the 150, 200, still wearing all the hats. Mm-hmm. They're still jumping in and doing their lead pages and um, you know setting up their Zoom and jumping in and doing their automations in Active Campaign. You should not be doing that. And I'm even the same. I love Canva. But when people say, you know, do you do this in Canva? 
No, no, I do not. I give it to my graphic designer to do. I don't, I don't, I don't log into anything. When people ask me, how do you do that? I don't know. My team does it because that's not my zone of genius. So stop being the bottleneck in your own business and sack yourself fire yourself don't do that stuff anymore find people to do that so that you can purely work in your zone of genius which is um probably creating some sort of content creating your frameworks deliverables coaching maybe sales calls maybe not depending on where you're at but that's mm-hmm. pretty much it that's the only thing that you're doing and yep. getting out there and being the being the face of your business, speaking, being on podcasts, doing webinars, doing trainings, that's as an expert, that's that's your job. Brilliant. Perfect. Um, I mean, that's the mic drop moment, right? Which is those are the things exactly to focus on. How can people get in touch with you, Samantha? I know you have way more to share and way more value that we could pack into this time. Sure. I've got a resource that would be super helpful that, um, that unpacks a lot or, you know, even gives more than what we've talked about today. Um, and that's the million dollar plan. And it's about discovering the nine key growth areas for your business so you can make more income, get more time back and have more impact. Uh, and you can find that at samanthariley.global forward slash plan. Um, grab a copy of that and dive into it. Find out where the little gaps are, fill them and happy days. Oh, brilliant. So that link will definitely be in the show notes. So make sure you're checking it out there. And any parting words to share with the audience? I think going on what I just talked about, I think it's really important to really um, sack yourself in your business. Start to think about how can I get rid of these things that I don't like doing in my business, the things that are holding me back, because you really, really can't get to seven figures without doing that. And when people say to me, oh, wow, it must have been hard growing, you know, having a million dollar business. Let me tell you, it is so much easier having a million dollar business than it is having a hundred thousand dollar business. <laughs> it is so much easier. <laughs> so, so start to start to, to get rid of the things that you don't like so you can get there. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Samantha, for being on today. Make sure every you guys listening here and gals, I would say, uh, check out the show notes, check out the links. Um, and you know, it's just, You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Kat. It's been a pleasure.